Good morning. It's Pastor Randy here with uh, Made Free Church. I hope you guys are having an amazing morning. I know I am, you know, uh, just every morning waking up to God, waking up just to, you know, just to be in His presence and understanding, you know, uh, that I'm in the presence of the Most High and, and saying good morning and all that good stuff to Him every morning and just being just a part of what he has for me and it's just kind of a really really amazing so we're going to be talking about the parable of the soils or what a lot of people says the parable of the sower um and, and this is an important parable uh that jesus gives um uh, you know especially to you know his 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 disciples and, and to the other people out there in uh, uh that you know, when he was saying the parable. So this is really important. But before I get started, I want to, you guys, if you guys need prayer, um, please, please go to uh, madefreechurch.org. We have a prayer request tab. Um, and uh, with that prayer request, you can put in your prayer request. We have an intercessory prayer team that prays over your prayer request every, every, every day. And uh, we were just honored to be able to pray for you guys. If you guys want one of us, you guys live in the United States and want one of us to call you, uh, please leave your phone number in the box and we will have one of our past, uh, staff pastors or one of our intercessory prayer teams give you a call and um, you know pray with you. We are a praying church. We believe in, in prayer and, and it's just, we think prayer is very essential, especially to your walk. So that being said, and guys, um, in your comments, if you give um, StreamYard access to the comment, uh, to your name and access to your profile, I'll be able to see who's commenting. And what I usually do during the time that I'm I'm teaching is I'll, I'll switch back and forth, right? Back and forth. Uh, so make sure that I get your guys' comments and stuff like that. So um, make sure that you give StreamYard access to so I can see your name and, and stuff like that. But I'm glad you guys are here very 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 important that you guys are here and, and, and watching this man this is such an amazing time that we live in um that we get to you know get in you know get to hear god's word at six o'clock every morning in, on, in california time and, you know nine o'clock on the east coast and seven o'clock and you know it's just, just an amazing time so let's get in let's get in heavenly father we thank you for your word we thank you for this time lord we just ask that you minister your word to us, God, that we would just be servants of you and, and disciples of you, God. And we love you and we worship you. And just get me out of the way. Get the preacher out of the way. Protect my heart, mind, and words, Lord, that I would just preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. So let's get into this. So we're going to be at Mark 4, 1 through 20. Uh, it's called Parable of the Soils or the so or the Sower. And it says this. And he began to teach again by the sea and such a very large crowd gathered to him and he got into a boat in the sea and sat down and the whole city was by the sea on the land and he was teaching them many things and parables and he was saying to them in his teaching listen listen to this behold the sower went out to sow and it happened that he was sowing some seed fell on the on the road and the birds came up and ate it and the other seed fell on rocky ground where it had it did not have much soil and immediately sprang up because it had no uh, because it had no depth of soil 
and after the sun rose, it scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And the other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. And the other seeds fell into good soil, and it, as they grew up, they increased, yielding a crop that and produced thirty or sixty or a hundredfold. And he was saying, he who has an ear, let him hear. And when he was alone, his followers, along, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And, he's, and he was saying to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, everything comes in parables. So, every, so that while seeing, they, may, they see and not perceive, and hearing that they may hear, yet not understand, lest they return and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones who are beside the road, where they, uh, where the word is sown. They hear it. Immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones being sown in the rocky places, those who, when hearing the word, immediately received it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but only temporary, only temporary. Then when affliction and persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And the others are uh, those being uh, sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for anything else enters uh, and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful and those are the ones which were sown on the good soil they hear the word accept it and are bearing fruit 30 60 100 fold one of most one of jesus most famous parables was the parable of the soils and this parable explains why people do or do not respond to god's word You know, an elderly man had a serious has had a serious hearing problems for a number of years. His family tried again and again to convince him to get hearing aids, and he, you know, after you know, time and time again, after he, re- you know, finally he relented and went to the doctor and got fitted for a set of hearing aids. Allowed him to hear one hundred percent. A month later, he went back to the doctor, and the doctor said with a smile, "Your hearing is perfect. Your family must be really pleased that you can hear again." The old man replied, "Oh." I haven't told my family. I sit around listening to their conversation and I've changed my will three times. It's amazing what we hear when we really listen. You know, in, in, in today's text, we're going to see how Jesus couched his teachings in stories designed for those who, who would listen. Then Jesus told one of his most famous parables, the parable of the soil, sometimes referred to the parable of the sower. Let's start reading the first part, uh, verse 1 in, in Mark 4, and it says this, And he began to teach by the seaside. Though Mark has mentioned some of Jesus' teaching so far, but most, most of it emphasis was on his miraculous works, revealing his de- deity. Now Mark turns to Jesus' works and to his words and his teachings, right? Jesus' teaching was are unparalleled. Once uh, someone, uh, some of the religious leaders charged to capture Jesus came back empty-handed for they said, no one 
ever spoke like this man in John 7:46, so memorized by his teachings, even the worst skeptics of this day recognize Jesus as a teacher par excellence. The second part of verse one gives us the setting of this passage, right, of scripture. It says, a very large crowd, a very large multitude gathered so that he entered into the boat and sat in it on the sea and the whole multitude was by the sea and land. One of the reasons why Jesus taught in a boat is because uh, of the press of the crowds, right? And there was, but there's another practical reason. Commentator John Phillips tells of being in Palestine when he served in the British Army. And he went with some others to the Sea of Galilee with a chaplain where Jesus taught. And he noticed how the hill was sloped gently down to the sea. And the chaplain told him to go into the water, turn around, and begin speaking in a normal voice. Following his instruction, he was amazed. The still waters of the lake behind him served as a sounding board and the hills before him was a natural amphitheater. He spoke in a normal, uh, normal conversational volume. Every syllable was caught and amplified and heard clearly by all men sitting on this hillside. It's pretty amazing. You know what I mean? It's pretty amazing that Jesus just sat and did that, right? Verse 2 says, and he taught them many things by parables and his teachings. Uh, and in his teaching, he said to them. And then Jesus told his faith, his famous parable. This was the first of several parables in these sayings by Jesus in chapter 4. A parable literally means something throw, uh, thrown beside something else. As to say, it's a comparison of something earthly with something spiritual. Someone said that a parable is an earthly story with heavenly meaning. Uh, something on earth is compared to something spiritual so that the spiritual truth may be better grasped in the light of an earthly illustration. Uh, you know, Jesus' parables were riveting because he opened up spiritual truth in a way that people could understand. He used a homespun il illustration drawing from the lives of everyday people. They, they are simple stories and presentation, yet they convey, they convey a profound truth. Let's examine Mark uh, 4, 1 through 20 and see what, uh, what opens us to us. Now, Jesus tells the parable in verses 3 through 9. Verse 3 says, Behold, a sower went out to sow. This introduction would immediately capture the audience's attention. In an agricultural society, seeing a farmer going out up to the furrows of newly plowed field with bags of seed to sow would have been a common sight in the planting season. The sower went out to sow the seed as he did, and he threw the seed literally. Um, you know, and not all seed would germinate. So he needed to sow the seeds in every bit of land that he could get the very best harvest. And in verses uh, 4 and 8, Jesus talks about the seed falling on four types of soil and the result in each kind of soil. The first was the wayside so soil in verse 4, right? The sowed, uh, he sowed, as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured it up. Farmers' fields in ancient Palestine 
uh, were in a, a form of a long, narrow strips divided by little paths, which became beaten as hard as pavement by the feet, hooves, or wheels of those who used them. And as the farmer traveled with his donkey to some field, some seeds would fall uh, on the hard pack, or sometimes, as the uh, uh, farmer might sow, uh, sow a little too uh, close to the pathway. The seeds would bounce off the hard soil instead of embedding in the soil, and immediately hundreds of birds would flock around, uh, you know, get to devour the seeds before they would ever had a chance to sprout. And the second soil was, was the shallow soil in verses 5 and 6. It says this, And some fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately sprang up because it had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Now, don't think of the stony ground here. Much ground was usually could not even be cultivated there. The problem was that parts of Palestine have merely a shallow layer of three to two inches of soil covered by limestone bedrock. And when the soil, when, when, and when the seeds fell on the shallow soil, the sun quickly warms the seed. They sprout and furbish growth. But it, the hot Middle East sun beats down on the plants. The roots meet the bedrock and quickly withers and dies. The next soil is the thorny, weedy soil in verse 7. It says this, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up, choked it, and yielded no crop. Right? So, uh, these thorns he was talking about were the thorny weeds that was a constant nuisance for, far for farmers. And last uh, soil Jesus talked about was the good soil in verse 8. And some fell uh, on good soil where it yielded a crop that sprang up and increased. It produced some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. If you ever had a garden bed with too much, uh, with, with good mulch and compost over a number of years, you can visualize the, what a good soil is like. It's soft, clumpy, dark colored, uh, neither too sandy or too clayish. And it's, it, it's down several inches deep and it's perfect for growing healthy, vibrant plants. But when you smell the sweet aroma of the uh, manure and, the, and see the farmers plow under certain crops, what they are doing is making good soil for growing their crops. That is the kind of soil Jesus is talking about here. When, the, when there is good soil, the seeds root deeply and produce large crops. And they are very, they're very fruitful and productive. And Jesus ended the parable with a warning. In verse 9, he said to them, Who has ears, let them hear. Like the old man with the new hearing aids, Jesus wanted us to listen to his words. By listen, he means pay close attention to them. Now notice that Jesus left an interpretation of the parable up to his audience. They had enjoyed the story, then he left them hanging without explanation. He let them figure out figure out the meaning and the significance of the parable. And after telling the parable, Jesus gives a word of exhortation in verse 10 through 13, which said, verse 10 says this, but when he was alone, those about him with the 12 asked him about the parable. See, even the disciples uh, who followed Jesus were a bit puzzled by the parable as the rest of the crowd who heard it. 
everybody knew about the sowers, their pro their properties of seed and different qualities of soil. It was very interesting story, even a good explanation of agricultural uh, procedures. But why would a religious teacher talk about agriculture unless there was a point behind it? Having been with Jesus a while now, the disciples figured that there had to be more to it than that. So they asked for an explanation and Jesus answered them in verse 11. And he said to them, to you has been to you. It has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But those who are on the outside, everything is in parables. The word mystery is mysterion in the Greek, which means uh, uh, which does not mean something that is remote or complicated or too hard to understand as use of the word, but rather something quite unintelligible to the person who has not been initiated into its meaning. But perfectly plain person who has been initiated, the, the, one of the reasons G Jesus spoke in parable is to bring heavenly truths down to earth where people lived. But also, there was an element of concealment about some of them, often to refer to the mystery parables, where the full meaning was only available to those willing to listen. And then Jesus uh, says in verse 12, it says, So that seeing they may see, and yet not perceive, and hearing they may hear, and, ye, and not understand, lest they should turn, and their sins be forgiven them. This is a quotation from Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. Jesus was deliberately concealing the truth so the people would not, would, would not repent and be saved. Matthew's version is a little clearer. In Matthew 11, uh, uh, 11 through 13 says, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whoever hath to them shall be given, and, shall, and he shall have more and abundance. But whoever hath not for him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore, I, sp I speak I to them in parables because they sing, they sing, see not, they hearing, hear not, neither do they understand. In essence, Jesus was saying that the condition of the person's heart determines the perceptivity of truth. The scribes had originally been given a straightforward teaching which they rejected and thus they could ultimately lose the truth. It would be taken away from them. Those who receive the truth act upon it and receive more truth. Those who reject the truth will ultimately lose the bit that they have. The parables were full of truth, but the truth rejecting people, they were unfathomable. We could see this principle in various areas of, of life. Physically, if we fail to exercise the muscle, we'll lose, we'll lose, we'll lose it. It's the same way with intellectual powers. If we fail to use them, we lose the edge intellectually. This warning from Jesus confronts us with the, this truth, but we do not positively respond to it, we will lose it. What a solemn warning for this who sit under the teaching of God's word week after week and do not respond to it. In verse 13, verse 13 Jesus re gently rebukes his disciples. He says to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? 
the, the, the disciples had been with Jesus day and night for a little while now. This parable was the first of the mystery of the parables. Jesus was scolding them for not being able to understand the simplest of the parable of mystery parables. If they couldn't understand this one, they would not be able to understand the, the others. See, in verse uh, 14 through 20, Jesus explains the meaning of the parables. In verse 14, he explains the meaning of the seed. The sower sows the word. Now, Jesus made one short, simple statement, making the rest plain to understand. The seed represents the word of God, Jesus says. And we could summarize the sower refers to anyone who sows the word of God in the world. This process of germination and growth of the seed is God's business. Our business is to sow the seed. Next, Jesus turned uh, to the meaning of the different kind of soils in, in 15 through 20. And Jesus talks, hard, talks about hard hearts in the seed cast on the wayside soil in verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the, the word is sown. They hear Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Wayside soil people are those who are hardened to God's word. Therefore, uh, the Bible truth can find no entrance in their heart. The key word here is immediately. When people hear God's word, Satan or his agents for Satan, uh, for, Satan is not omnipresent. Not omnipresent. Go, uh, they go to work immediately, right? This is true every time the gospel is proclaimed. Satan agents are there like birds in, in, in the parable, and they snatch away the seed as soon as it's sown. This is why God, when God is speaking to your heart, you need to respond immediately and not let the gospel turn and be snatched away from your heart. What we do is put, put it off, and immediately after service or, or the music starts, people start talking, and by the time we get to the car, the pressure's off. Satan has snatched away the seed. Next, Jesus talks about the shallow hearts in verses uh, 16 through 17, explaining the rocky soil. In a similar way, it says this, in a similar way, there are those sown on rocky ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when, when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, it immediately falls away. Jesus is talking about here mere profession of faith rather than true procession of true possession of, of Christ. These are people who have had an emotional experience or given a mental assent to the gospel, but never grappled with repentance or truly their trust in Jesus alone for their salvation. Jesus describes these uh, these people on rocky shallow uh, on with rocky shallow hearts as people do well at first, but as soon as they face problems or persecution comes, they do not persevere. They seem to be believers, but they fall away and they do they do not continue on. They give up, proving their profession of faith was basically worthless. A biblical illustration. In, in the story of Oprah, in the book of uh, Oprah, in the book of uh, Rube, Oprah, oh, excuse me, not Oprah, 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 excuse me, Orpah, like Ruth, initially responded to Naomi's desire to return with her to the homeland of Bethlehem. 
Judah by saying that she would come and accompany her. But as soon as she was confronted with the hard realities that it would entail, she returned to Moab. Ruth, on the other hand, went all the way to Bethlehem and Judah with Naomi. Third, Jesus talks about the crowded heart when he's talking about the weedy soil in verses 18 through 19. And these are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire of other things enter and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. This time, a variety of hindrances are mentioned. The hindrances cause a person to focus on things of this world instead of the world to come. Satan and our own sinful nature produces prenatal crop. Thorny weeds come up, choke, it, choke God's voice in our lives. Jesus pointed to three of them. The first one he mentions are the cares of this world. There is a certain uh, amount of cares in this world that cannot be avoided. We have to pay our bills, buy things, support our families, provide daily meals, keep our house from falling into utter chaos, and so on. Jesus is not saying we should not take care of the things that we have to deal with in life. He's saying that we should not let them crowd out Christ and our spiritual things. In fact, they should drive us to Christ. Oh, good morning, Amanda. Good to see you here. And the second thing he mentions is deceitfulness of riches. Wealth causes a person to focus on the here and now, not on the eternal life if we're not careful. Wealthy people t tend to be independent and self-sufficient. This is what meant, excuse me, this is what is meant by the term deceitfulness of riches. Riches insulates the people from the harsh realities of other people face. So they are frequently deceived about the need, their need for the gospel. And the call for sacrifice and generosity does not appeal, to the, not appeal too much to the rich. The third hindrance Jesus mentioned is the desires for other things. Most people have a long wish list, which is really desires for other things list. As soon as they acquire one thing, they want another. Materialism is another word for this hindrance. It can, it can so focus people's attention on their earthly things that choke out the heavenly things. And most of all, the gospel. People pack their lives with things and spend so much time of life's precious pursuing things, yet have no time for Christ. What shall it pro what in, in Mark 8.36 is, What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Finally, the good soil in verse it, it, it represents the fruitful heart in, in verse twenty. But those are the but these are the uh, ones sown on good soil. They hear the word and accept it, bears fruit, some thirty, sixty, and some hundredfold. The seed of God's word does not bounce off the heart. It does, it does not monetary flourish. It does. It's, it only. It, 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 only to shrivel under adversity and persecution 
and, and it's not crowded by uh, competing desires to get strangled. It's a heart that allows God's word to take deep root and produces fruit. One kind of fruit it produces is the fruit of the spirit in Galatians, which is Galatians 5.22, which just says love, peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My closing question for you is, will you hear and listen and heed God's word? There's an application in this text to the person who has never believed. And believe me, Satan has a plan for your life and it isn't good. He wants to snatch away the word from in your heart. He wants to forget. He wants you to forget the repentance and the faith and the focus of improving your life and having and having a religious experience, which can seem to be from God, but its only function is your emotions. And he wants the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth and materialism to keep you focused on the things of this world that you just never see your need for God and or your faith in him. You know, I beg you to turn from this world, repent, of your sin and turn to Christ in faith this morning. Let no earthly thing or devilish thought or fleshly desire keep you from Christ. He who has an ear, let him hear. Also, the, the application here is to the believer. Everything that I have said to you, our unsafe friends, can be said to you if you have wandered away from the close walk and fellowship with Jesus. Satan wants to snatch away the truth from you every time you hear the truth preached or taught or read or reminded by the Holy Spirit in your life. He doesn't, he doesn't mind if you getting hyped up emotionally about spiritual truth as long as you don't apply it in your real life. He wants you to be distracted by the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the things of this world so you don't focus on the things that really matter in life. The answer for you is a command that Jesus gave the Ephesian church in Revelation 2, whom Jesus accused of having their lost their first love of Christ. He says in verse 5, Remember therefore where you have fallen and repent and do the works you did first. When you... You know where you went astray, but remember... That if you just repent of it, start doing the works of Christ as you did when you first fell in love with Jesus. And let me tell you something. That is probably the best word that you guys can hear today. Is just the parable of the soils. You know, that that if that you're supposed to be the good soil, you're supposed to take root and you're supposed to produce fruit and you're supposed to put him first. If you don't put God or Jesus first in everything that you do, you're going to get choked out. And, 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 and the deceitfulness of riches and the things of this world is going to take you out. And that's what you're going to focus on. Your heart needs to be completely right with God. You need to repent and believe. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. You know what I mean? And God will, God will take you through the sanctification and transformation process. And then when you come out the other side, you'll be like, wow, that was so worth it. Because now I have a better relationship with my creator. You know, 
I have a better a better relationship with my king, my dad, my Abba. You know, back in the Middle East, they called they a father is called Abba, Abba, right? And uh, uh, I love it, man. I love my dad. You know, my earthly dad was cool. You know what I mean? To a certain extent, you know what I mean. We had our issues and stuff, but my heavenly father <sighs> blows my earthly father out of the water. And to fall in love with him is to get in the word. It's, it's to actually sit there and actually get into the word of God. And if you have a wife or a girlfriend, start praying with them. Start reading the word with them. Start being about your father's business and stop with the cares of this world. And, you know, it's, it's like this, man. You know, I want an iPhone 12 Pro. I have an iPhone 11. It's just sufficient. I don't need an iPhone 12 Pro. I would like one, you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean that I have to have one. See what I'm saying? Like, it's not a necessity because the phone I have is perfectly fine. But if I focus on that phone, it becomes idolatry and, and then that's what the cares, the deceitfulness of riches. Can I afford it? Yes. Do I need it? Not necessarily. Will God bless me with it? Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? The thing is, is that, you know, when you have accountability and you have a wife or you have a fiance or you have a girlfriend and you have accountability brothers that are out there, right? Or accountability sisters. And you go to them and say, hey, you know, this is what I'd like to get. It, it's only going to cost me this much more. And I want you to pray about it and let me know what you think. And, you know, if you get told no, oh, well, then don't do it. You know what I mean? But some of us being, being the way we are, oh, no, I got you, I gotta have it. No, you don't. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not time for you to have it. Maybe it's time for you just to focus on God. You know, not saying that I, you know, my, my, my friends and stuff said no to the phone. It's just that I'm not going to. I'm not going to react on something because I just want it. That's selfishness. But if I go and say, hey, to the people that I have in my life, you know, and say, hey, this is what's up, right? Then they can pray about it and see if that is a good decision. I don't know. What I do know is, is that I go to everything to God. I am so desperately dependent on God and so desperately just, I just, I want to make sure that I am always right in God and it's not works. It's not legalism. It's none of that. It's just, I want to be right with God. So I have my accountability group. I have my prayer groups. I have this, I have that, right? I have all this stuff. Why do I have all this to keep me in line, to keep me focused on God and to, and, and to give myself away and pour into others and say, okay, well, I want to make this decision with, it's just like having a wife. You're not going to go out, you know, and, and buy a $180 million car without talking to your wife. And if you do, you're foolish, right? You don't act compulsively that way. If you want something that's big, that costs over a thousand dollars, like an iPhone 12 pro, why don't you go to your people and say, Hey man, this is what I'd like. I can afford it. But what do you think? Why don't you guys pray about it and let me know? You know, it, it, it's, it's, and then you pray about it to God and see if that 
you know, that God's giving you the green light. It's being desperately dependent on God, people. Now I'm babbling, so I'm going to end this. <laughs> Hope you guys are getting a lot out of this. I know I am. Okay, guys, so a couple announcements before before I uh, I end this here. Guys, if you'd like to support Made Free Church in any way, shape, or form, we are a 501c3 nonprofit church, and we have a giving tab. If you go to madefreechurch.org and give um, there, I mean, we could use, we have a lot of stuff that we have to pay for, even though that we are an internet church right now, but we are a legit church. We have our own, and you know, there's three ways to give. You can give through your our cash app, our PayPal link, or you can send a check or money order to the address provided in Rancho Cucamonga. But if you guys don't, that's okay too. But remember, if you guys do with the cash app and stuff like that, leave your email address so we can send you a tax deductible receipt on your taxes, okay? And guys, please pray for the guys here at Olive Branch Men's Home and the pastors and staff here. Me, Pastor Happy, Irene, uh, Little Richard, and, and Lou, you know, we're the, we're the staff here. Um, and please pray for us. We need, uh, things just come hit all the time. And, and pray for the men here. You know, we got a couple of guys here, man, that are struggling really, really, really bad with a lot of things, and they need your prayers, okay? Um, and please pray for our church in Uganda. We're getting hit pretty hard over there, and uh, there's a lot. Pastor Henry is just being, I mean, just in the midst of persecution, he's standing on the word. You know what I mean? He's standing on the word. So, um <clears throat> Pray for our church over there, please. And uh, if you guys like to check out my personal website, you can go to reformpastor.me. That's reformpastor.me. You can see what I believe and and where I sit with a lot of things and stuff like that. So, guys, please, please, please check out our bros from 120 Army. You can go to your app store uh, and download the app. It's an awesome prayer app. And we love these guys. We support them. And uh, just get that app on your phone and get involved in the 120 Army. Aaron and, and Jose are good friends of ours. We love them. Just get involved. And guys, we just want to thank you for watching today and, and, and being here. It's, it's uh, in the people that are going to watch later. Thank you. And God bless you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time. We just ask God that you just do a mighty work in us. Bless our day. Bless the opportunities that you're going to give us, Lord. We love you, we worship you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, you have a great day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May, may his, his face shine upon you and give you peace. God bless you guys.